Hey, pod people, I'm Benjamin Alaco. And I'm Carrie. And this is Last, Last Year's Horror. Horror. It's the horror movie podcast that's always a year behind. <laughs> On this episode, we'll be discussing a movie that, along with its source material, provided the world with the revolutionary message that bringing your deceased loved ones back to life as soulless zombies might not be the best idea. That's right. We're talking about Pet Cemetery. Serving as a remake of the 1989 version, it was written by Matt Greenberg and Jeff Bueller, and is of course based on the classic Stephen King novel of the same name. It was co-directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer, and stars uh, Jason Clark, Amy Semetz, and John Lithgow, and had its wide release on April 5th of 2019. All right, so fun fact, the same directors wrote and directed the 2014 story story eyes my accent came out on that so s-t-a-r-r-y starry eyes i'm still doing it which is a gory little movie we recommend for lovers of body horror yep and fun fact number two one of the movie's co-writers jeff bueller i think i'm saying that name right but if i'm not sorry uh he had three feature-length horror movies come out in 2019 freaking overachiever uh the other two being the prodigy and jacob's ladder I don't really want to say this. Um, <laughs> you can make up your own. So for those people who obviously, you know, you don't know this, but I I write most of this intro and every time we have to introduce the theme music, I try to make Carrie say something ridiculous, but sometimes she reads it and sometimes she doesn't. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go wah, 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 <laughs> theme music. <laughs> Perfect. If it's not this year's, it must be last year's horror. It was a horrible year, but have no fear, it's just horror that we're talking about. Cause if it's not this year's, it must be last year's horror, horror. And if it is this year's, we'll talk about it next year on last year's horror. And we're back. Our guest this episode is, and again, I'm going to say your first name and you can say your last name, Tyler. Yanuzzi. Ooh. Uh, those in the Syracuse area might have seen Tyler on the stage. He's a talented actor and singer and has performed numerous shows for CNY Playhouse and the Red House Arts Center. Uh, Tyler, you have a show coming up or two things coming up? Yes. What's coming up? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, well, by the time this episode airs, I will be halfway through my run of The Matchmaker by Thornton Wilder at CNY Playhouse. Nice. And uh, immediately after that, I begin rehearsals for... Another show at CNY Playhouse called Biloxi Blues by, uh, is it Neil Simon? I'm bad with plays. Definitely, I'm worse, so I don't know. Don't ask. <laughs> I've never even heard of that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sequel to Brighton Beach Memoirs, if you know that one. What are plays? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> plays are like books, but you'll watch them. <laughs> oh, but not like movies? No, they're... They have much worse effects. I will say I've I've watched not in Syracuse, but um in in other places I've watched like local theater and um. Uh, it seems like it can be hit or miss, but uh, the the productions around here seem to be, from what I hear, pretty pretty good, actually. You know, they actually are, and it took me uh, acting in Brooklyn, another city, to realize how good community theater has it in Syracuse, because the community theater I did in Brooklyn was shit. Oh, boy. I thought you were saying Calling Brooklyn. you out, Brooklyn. <laughs> That's right. CNY here to take over. Yeah. Boom. Let's not even get started. I just came back from Advocacy right. Day. We're starting up some drama, real genuine drama, because, you know, the definition of, like, plays is drama. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? All right. We're moving on. (laughs) All right. So we're going to... Good to have you here, Tyler. (laughs) Good to be here, Ben and Carrie. 
We're going to begin our discussion of Pet Cemetery with a round of one-minute spoiler-free reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie, no worries. We, uh, I guess, yeah, who wants to start off? I came in thinking I had no strong feelings one way or another. And then after our rewatch, I thought, oh, I didn't like this. <laughs> I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Second yes. time through, it was definitely more boring, um, predictable. The tropes stuck out a little more. Yes. I guess I give it a... I came in thinking it was a solid C, but now I'm kind of like, my thumb's like in the middle, but dipping downward. So I recalled not liking this movie, but Ben kept saying, oh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. So I was like, maybe, maybe. Don't put that on me. No, <laughs> but I was like, maybe, maybe I'm just confusing myself and I, I liked this more than I thought. And I was even talking to my hairdresser today and I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. But again, like I was second guessing myself and yeah, I hated this movie. I couldn't like. I I had to get some hard alcohol, like not even halfway through. <laughs> yeah, she's not joking. Um, uh, did your hairdresser like it? No, she didn't. She likes the original better. I will say the original scared the poop out of me as a child, so I was looking forward. Thank to you s- for censoring yourself. This is a children's <laughs> podcast. You're welcome. So this is a fucking children's yeah. podcast. <laughs> so I was looking forward to um, the remake, but I was I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. And then we rewatched the original and I was also kind of disappointed. So I don't know. Just don't go back to your childhood. That's what I've learned. I agree with you guys. Um, I really, the second time through, I was, I hate to sound so harsh, but I was pretty much bored out of my mind. Mm. And the movie's flaws really stick out. We'll, we'll talk more about them as we get through the actual plot and kind of talk more uh, of the events of the movie. But, Overall, things that stood out to me are this movie has, it seems like a pretty high budget, but there's just questionable production value in certain parts. There's like the entire, everything shot in the woods seems oh, to be shot. All the on a money sound- went to John Lithgow. Like, let's yes. do Every, <laughs> Everything shot, everything mm-hmm. shot in the woods seems to be shot on a soundstage with a green screen in the background. It, we like Tyler, even you said at one point while we were watching it, this is 100% a stage. It, it was like we just stepped into the never ending story <laughs> soundstage. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, the, you know, the CGI for 2019, there's not much CGI, but what's there is obviously CGI. It just stands out like a sore thumb. And there there's a sort of just made for tv quality feel to the whole thing i i it's hard to put my finger on exactly what is going wrong but like at no points do i feel that anything in the movie has weight or is is reaching me in any real way no and i have i have some notes to talk about later about certain people's reactions to certain things which i think really uh, uh assist your yeah opinion there right it 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 feels all very like it's trying so hard to be like this is scary, right, guys? Isn't this scary, right? It's... Well, it's not scary. I'm a little jump scare in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's trying to be mainstream in the sense that they want to go for cheap scare instead of what I think the source material does really well. Um, I, di- I have read the novel, but if you haven't read the novel, I think the flaws still stand out in the movie. But, like, the novel does a really good job of of having sort of a lingering horror that's just a slow build and it's not it's one of the better Stephen King novels I think um but there's something that's very creeping in the horror it's that creeping horror that kind of builds and it just feels icky 
inside and this movie doesn't seem to know how to capture that it's it just feels very surface level to me yeah it's like they read the book and watched the original and just thought hey we could do that too without thinking of why the story was told in the first place the right like the whole the whole monkey's paw aspect of the source material right it's kind of lost in this gore fest so some of this was we were kind of talking about it in between after we watched the movie and walking the few steps to our kitchen um <laughs> yeah <laughs> such a journey we've had <laughs> yeah and that was the fact that it was really dark mm-hmm. um it was hard to actually like physically dark like visually it yeah. was hard to see what's happening it was very hard to see what was happening in most of the movie i want to say yeah. and i remember this is the second time that ben and i have watched it same with uh uh, I was gonna call with this guy Travis, and I was like, "What the fuck is that for?" <laughs> anyway, we've all seen it twice. Um, so we all, well, you saw it in theaters, so you didn't notice it as much. But we saw it streaming, and then we also got a Blu-ray from the library. And it, most of the movie is really dark. Like it, we tried adjusting it last time; nothing worked. I don't remember it being as dark i and clearly hard to you see. remember pausing it and trying to adjust the levels and i was like getting annoyed yeah, with you no that actually and i told you familiar. that you were turning into your father and then <laughs> it was a whole thing my father does not give a shit about image on on the screen he they're way more like than they you think. put that Just fucking motion like they, smoothing <laughs> that turns everything into a soap opera every time i go to their house i have to change the tv settings do you know how many friends and family members i've turned the motion smoothing oh, off for it's my like my God. it's like my second job now <laughs> if anybody out there is hearing this and is like motion smoothing contact harley i, I have to have that on <laughs> i have a website for turning motion smoothing off. this is we're we doing youtube here. video yes. <laughs> this is an intervention tutorial. we're here to help you you need to stop with that shit it's a problem okay now it is time to discuss the movie in more detail which means heavy spoilers as in a play-by-play of the entire movie so uh if you do still want to see it pause this watch the movie and come right back okay so we're actually starting and first thing we see credits uh we hear nature sounds we see the woods we start uh chronologically it's actually the end of the events uh there's a burning house there's like blood on the porch and on the floor and on the door and all this stuff so my very first note was that i forgot john lithgow's in this movie (laughs) (laughs) and he's like one of my favorite humans in the world not that i've actually met him but i i love this man but he does such a good job he's the only good thing i mean okay maybe the cats the acting's pretty good The acting is good i i think everyone does a good job the girl does a great job being dead i want to say that no i didn't make a note about uh I think I just said Ellie actress. Pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, about the opening, I just wanted to say, uh, I, I have a question. What percentage of horror movies do you think begin with a long country drive? If not 100%, pretty <laughs> close to that. <laughs> it's got to be a lot. There's definitely like a sub genre going yeah. on. Yeah. I'm personally not a fan of in the car action at the beginning of the movie like I think very beginning i think and i made a comment to ben we've we've arrived at exposition station yes it just mm-hmm. it seems like a really cheesy way to get exposition out of the way when every car ride every long car ride i've ever been in nobody's talking <laughs> so immediately taken out of the real world the That's only true. time or the only time you're talking is when you're so tired that you're like <laughs> 
can we just play a stupid game just right. to get through these last 10 minutes like yeah. or daddy oh. needs needs help staying awake everyone talk. right right yeah right. yeah um but it, it usually does... you just put the windows down like that's real <laughs> it does feel pretty tropey um in the beginning it it feels like one of those movies straight out of the 80s where it's like and we're here at the new house oh look at the new house it's so big look at all the farmland and here's some snappy dialogue to make you care about this family right it just felt dated to me that whole it felt just very kind of fill in the blanks family stands here looks at the house oh, i can't wait for us to move in looks great honey it was like a slightly beefed up outline right do you know what had me rolling my eyes from the beginning where i was like fuck this movie <laughs> um so they get to the new house because okay there's credits it starts with the ending and then you know kind of jumps back they're in the car blah 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 but then the kid gets out ellie and she has her shirt tucked in. And I'm like, what fucking eight-year-old has their shirt tucked into their shorts? <laughs> what? See, I thought you were going to say that he carries Rachel. Uh, so Lewis is the dad. Rachel is the mom. And he carries her yeah. into the house. That didn't bother me. It was the eight-year-old. Like, who does Who does that really? It was the eight-year-old. You're tired after a long drive. Just <laughs> It was the eight-year-old with the shirt perfectly tucked in. Again, we've had a drive. Especially what? after sitting down for so yeah. long. Yeah. Like, right. The back would be out at least. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> no no <laughs> all right that was my first red flag yeah uh they have some chatter about oh you know moving away from the city i think this is going to be good for us uh they're kind of like in bed just you know chatting um so again exposition station um that's and where we learned he's going from night shifts in the er for like country living Right. And then we switch to, I think it's like the next day or so, but we see that he gets to his new job the next day. He's at the college. Then the real thing is, that, that happens here is that Ellie and Rachel, the mom, see these weird kids with their procession wearing yeah, that's what I was gonna talk full about. horror masks. Yeah, which Rachel is weirdly okay with. Yeah. Like, uh, uh-uh. There's no like, oh man, honey, what's that over there? I was like, don't worry about it, honey. It's just kids doing a... Kid stuff with creepy handmade masks with a dead dog in a wheelbarrow. Any mom who saw that would probably be like, if you see those kids at school, stay away from Run them. the other direction. They're weird. Honey, I don't like the kids in this town. I think I'm going to homeschool uh, you. Also, don't they own that property? Those kids are trespassing. Yeah, I was thinking, my. I feel like my parents would have been like, I'm calling the cops. Like, <laughs> Right, they are. They're on their property. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so you would think that she'd be like, hey, children, what's going on? What's with the dead dog in the wheelbarrow? Which is not wrapped up in any way. It's just a dead dog that's just sitting. I think it's like on a blanket, but it's... Like, is that fresh? This is a ceremony. Yeah, they're just it's wheeling a, a dog and yeah. they got these creepy masks on. and They have his collar on a cushion. Like, it's just, a, it's again, it's for exposition like we were talking about. Yeah. It, and it's supposed to be quote unquote creepy, but. It feels sandwiched, like like, like yeah. just wedged in there. Especially since, spoiler, we never come back to this. That's what I was going to say. Right. If they used it again, it would be creepy, but right. nope. Ellie wanders off to the cemetery. She sees the creepy ass graves that are there that are just like, these kids that are making little, you know, graves for their animals, they just, they have an interesting aesthetic, let's say. Why weren't they in school? What? what? I don't know. What day is this? <laughs> Why aren't they in school? The parents were like, you is know what? Summer? I don't know. Your, your dog is dead. Why don't you take the day off? And why don't you do a uh, one of those, you know, funeral processions with your uh, creepy ass homemade mask the that, parents you just, oh, that you keep sorry. around the house specifically to... Uh, Walk to the cemetery. I was gonna say that's the only thing that bothered me. <laughs> Have fun, kids. Before she, before <laughs> At least Ellie, not on the phones. 
before Ellie went back outside. Want to come back to phones? Okay. Before Ellie went back outside, the mom, you know, the procession's going on. The mom's like, "Let's go inside," which mm-hmm. I feel like no mom really does. They're like, mm, "I don't want you outside. I want you inside watching SpongeBob." So anyway, <laughs> she's inside and she's like just watching TV, and the mom's unpacking everything, and I'm like. My mom would have oh. like dragged me away from that TV and be like, go unpack your room right now. Like that drove me crazy. I wrote spoiled child. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. She's clearly the favorite child. I mean, yeah. Um, so Ellie is she's at the actual pet cemetery, kind of like in the creepy graves in this weird spiral pattern. She starts climbing. Um, it's it's a deadfall, which the beaver dam. Is, yeah, uh, it's basically it. exactly. It looks like a beaver, a it giant does. beaver dam. Yeah, this thing is massive. Uh, it's like thirty feet tall, probably. <laughs> so she just randomly starts to climb it, and uh, John Lithgow kind of comes out of nowhere. She kind of f- slips and falls, and uh, John Lithgow's character's name is Judd. He's just kind of standing there. He helps her pull like a splinter out of her leg. A uh, bee sting. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Which, I was, also, she steps where out. Where was the fucking bee? I didn't see a bee. What, where well, was she, the bee? When she was climbing up I'm the angry. Be- when she was climbing up the <laughs> beaver dam, she st- when Judd, when John Lithgow's Judd uh, startled her, she stepped on a bee nest, and exactly one what? bee stung her, which also took me all the real world because like no those bees would not leave her alone until they were all dead right i didn't even see again maybe because the movie was so fucking dark see, i didn't even in see the daytime the too. yeah see i thought she like twisted her ankle or something right and then yeah he's like oh let's get that stinger out also can i comment how john lithgow's character has the most country name judd crandall right <laughs> judd crandall see i was like why is a person from where i'm from all the way up in like <laughs> maine what's Carrie's going from on virginia by the way ah like what is going Blue Ridge Mountain? What is going on? Yeah. My accent started coming out again. What is going on? But yeah, no, he. But it's John Lithgow. I'm like, you can do what you want. Country bumpkin. I do want to say about about John Lithgow's performance in that role. One of the things that I actually do like about it is that even from that first moment, you want to see him as like a lovable grandpa character, but there's something Off. about him where you're like, I don't trust this guy fully yeah, yeah definitely you know I, I i feel like judd kind of barreled into this movie giving off creepy vibes yeah me. very creepy yeah especially I'm, the music yeah. cues didn't help either no right and that's one of the uh, one of the strong points of the movie is that judd kind of fills that ambiguous role where it's like he's the lovable grandpa kind of but also he is also the source of everything that goes wrong for this family. I see, I was feeling like he was pulling off creep vibes like right up until they actually had him over for dinner, and then that's when his lovableness right. started coming out. Right. So for his first like three scenes, I was full I was in full like this guy's a creep mood. What I was gonna say next, I'm not saying that people from where I'm from are creeps, but <laughs> I was gonna say here he what I wrote was he's very almost like old medicine versus the dad, which is new medicine, because right. he was like, just rub some dirt on it and then some baking powder. Like, you'll be fine. And then he knows like all these like, yeah. I want to say like Appalachian ways, but you know. Yeah. It's actually, I did not pick up on that, but I also think that's giving the movie more credit than it deserves. Yeah. That kind of parallel. <laughs> yeah, probably. Then let's talk about his buttermilk colored mustache and beard. <laughs> 
buttermilk colored <laughs> yes. mustache and beard. Love it. I'm not glad I'm not alone in how distracting <laughs> that was. <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, Ellie is is back home and she's asked. She's talking to her parents about how you know why do pets die faster and um the parents we we learn that they have you know different very different approaches to how they want to talk about death with their children and how Lewis the dad feels that you know she's almost nine years old she should learn about reality and mom well he's a doctor as well right and mom is like no she doesn't need to know about any of this what is your problem basically uh we also learn that she is a believer in the afterlife and he is not also these two have zero tact when it comes to fighting in front of their kid right (laughs) true true i was gonna also say there's foreshadowing because uh lewis is like you don't have to worry about it we're gonna all be around for a very 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 long time right yeah and she's like listing everyone and was like nope we're gonna be around nope <laughs> yeah and then Maybe forever yeah and then ellie's like oh but what about mom's sister whatever her name is uh zelda, zelda. yeah and then um, we get some flashbacks. Yes, we see we start to see some flashbacks of uh, this Zelda character. We know that there's something medically uh, amiss. Do they say what it is in the book? Yes, and I don't remember. Some spinal related. Yeah, kind of moving us forward. Um, the next day, or just some at some point at school, um, Lewis is in his uh, clinic and a girl runs in saying hey you know we need help we need help Uh, and then we're introduced to this guy victor pascal who has had a horrible accident uh he's wheeled into the room and lewis is trying to help him he's been hit by a car he's all gory and there's some and how (laughs) some pretty good gore in this um we see victor pascal's like you know brain bones brain (laughs) I think we, it, I, I was looking very closely. His brain is pulsing in a way that. You know, like it does. Which, yeah, brains <laughs> just pulse, you know? He is our first kind of indication that, that there's more kind of supernatural going on. Um, when Lewis turns his back, Pascal gets out of his, you know, he, so pa- Pascal dies and, um, Lewis kind of walks away and then Pascal stands up and and basically exactly pulls a boo and says the barrier is not meant to be broken this movie is not subtle people so then we jump forward because i i just want to jump forward because yeah i'm so over all of this um (laughs) so he's like lewis is in the car after you know this kid died and he's thinking back about the events of the day and there's a red light but then he He's just waiting, and he almost pulls out in front of a tractor trailer, which again, these tractor trailers keep flying down the fucking road. Yeah, the 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 trucks really emphasized in this uh, because I, I think I really think these these directors are banking on the fact that people know the original movie. Yeah, I remember the first time turning to you and saying, "What the fuck is up with all these tractor trailers?" <laughs> because I genuinely had no idea. I was like, "Why are there all these tractor trailers?" Well, I do have to say, like, I know we're talking about this version of the movie but like however many trucks are in this film it's double that in the original so hmm. in a way they're slightly less heavy-handed <laughs> this time around i guess like as a child i was more focused on like creepy zombie animals and not tractor trailers well yeah. the first time we hear the truck it, it is around when they first get to the house and do you guys notice that they're like i swear there's actually a lion roar added over like <laughs> over, overdubbing the sound of the truck Probably. so again 
a little heavy-handed. Tractor trail so. just not scary enough. It's only. <laughs> so then Ellie is bringing Judd cookies, and this is the part where I went. This little girl is like nine years old. Where is her cell phone or tablet? Is this supposed to be present day? Or is this 1989? Well, she did have a wicker basket. Yeah. The clothes kind of look dated. Jumping slightly ahead just for a second, uh, when we, uh, the truck driver later on in the film is, using a, a, is texting on a flip phone. Flip phone, yep. So, but she has a backpack with those stupid straps in the front to help support their body, and they weren't made to like... Who does? The child. What? Ellie. When she's getting on the bus, there's like a flashback mm. to her getting on the bus, and she has one of those stupid like strap-ons that... like. They recommend that yeah, you wear, but you on. don't, yeah, but so you is, don't actually do unless you're a nerd that tucks on your shirt, yeah. just like Ellie, just saying. Also, she is watching Spongebob Squarepants, which mm, for those yeah. who, for our younger viewers, is a, <laughs> it's a cartoon, a cartoon show. that debuted in 99, Nine? I want to say. Yeah, I think. It was on this uh, thing called Television, um, which used to air. Yes. Uh, it wasn't something that you streamed. Long before streaming. <laughs> um, but maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I did not even like pick up on that Ellie didn't have a cell phone. But, uh, I just, and she is watching Spongebob, so... Yeah, I just felt like it just didn't feel present. It felt like they were living in some other world that is yeah. not today. Like that convenient like in-between time zone that Hollywood yeah. likes to do when they can't find a good excuse to get rid of cell phones yes. in horror moments. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, and I, the parents use their cell phones as well. Maybe they're just good parents and they're like, you can't oh, yeah. have a cell phone till you're older. You know, he definitely yeah. had a, Lewis definitely had a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you can raise your children however you want. I didn't mean to say good parents equals not giving your child a cell phone to a certain age. Do you? Unless you really want some alone time sometimes. <laughs> That's right. And give them all the cell phones they want. <laughs> anyway, jumping back. So she's <laughs> she brings cookies in the wicker basket, very like Red White Riding Hood style, mm -hmm. to his house. This is like the first time I watched it, I was still really creeped out because I didn't know anything about Judd. I was like, oh. Right. But she kind of... What parent lets her... Their I think, daughter go I think to she, their neighbor's house alone. Yeah, I Rich, think she just breaks out. I don't think, yeah, I think she But her, the mom cares. is a stay-at-home mom. Well, she broke out in, uh, earlier. Clay's staying home too hard. <laughs> the mom's unpacking because she's yeah. the only one who unpacks. So. Plus in there, but yeah, it's especially weird that... No, good point Carrie's making because in the... <laughs> She's unpacking scene. the entire like <laughs> moving truck just by herself, and Lewis is like in the backyard just hanging out, watching the trees. With the corona. <laughs> it's women's work. What do you expect? But with a but no, because in in the first scene, <laughs> I really hate myself for saying that. <laughs> in the first scene, Rachel is like very suspicious of Judd, so like right. I don't think she would knowingly let ellie go over to his house alone yeah but okay but uh, all right <laughs> we're so, we're really hung up on this but i was just gonna say but ellie says i made you cookies so are we assuming then that the mom was just like letting her use the kitchen by herself and oh, she, then she a, was that like stole those cookies like it was all over her face <laughs> i don't want to go into this about how old people are when they start baking and making food for themselves but um Let's just say that the whole reason for her to go over by herself is so she can find his gun. Yeah, yeah. And learn right. about his his wife who died, Norma. Yeah, Norma. Also, his that, gun's in a half-open drawer. Yeah. So. yeah, not a very good place. So that's the real like, reason. Like in the living room. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's just also supposed to build tension, because this time we don't know if Judd's a good guy or a bad guy. Right. So that's what it is. Yeah. But she does invite him to meet her cat. Yeah. The cutest cat. Yeah. Even when it's dead. 
Yeah, he's pretty cute. <laughs> cat never stops being cute. <laughs> nope. It's, try as they might. That cat is not scary. I just want to snuggle it. Yep. <laughs> and then they're back at the, I don't know their last names. The Creed's? Sure. Is that what the, what it is? The family creeds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So they're back at their house and they're having dinner all together. And Judd like cleaned up and he <laughs> slicked his hair down and she's doing some bad ballet dancing and <laughs> and they talk about how like how far back does the property line go? And this was a point where I was like, these this family doesn't know their own property line. Like before you buy a house. Don't you walk the property line? Yeah, they must have signed that deed real quick. Yeah. They're well, like, oh, well, there's a house here? Sure, we'll take it. I also question <laughs> I also question that, like, later on, where I'm, I'm skipping ahead for, like, a semi-second, where he's, like, Goop. Fast forward. <laughs> or he's, like, search researching the town, and I'm like, you didn't do this before you moved there to see about, like, right. weird things. Like, the first thing I do is, like, look up crime rates before I'm about to move anywhere. Like, let's be real. Right. How did they pick this house in this town? Yeah, they def definitely didn't go on Zillow for this one. No. <laughs> Should have gone on Quicken Loans. That's right. Um, Lewis uh, wakes up in the middle of the night and he has a dream again of this Pascal guy. And he leads him into the woods and into the uh, pet cemetery and is basically like, hey, it's really hard to see back here because it's so dark. And it's very, uh, there's Pascal has like this voiceover that's very, again, kind of just tropey and, uh, you affected. tried to help me, yeah. now let me help you. You tried, too. just beware. Like, he might as well just be saying that the whole time. Yeah. Beware, Lewis, beware. Hey. I'm sorry that I did that, but it, You're it's not. true. Um, and then we, me and Tyler both laughed because that whole like vision ends with this really cheesy, uh, he kind of jumps out at Lewis and goes, the ground is sour. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a smash cut to uh, the kid, uh, the, the son Gage, who we barely see in this movie, but he's making these monstery faces mm -hmm. and whatnot. And Lewis has dirty feet. <laughs> um, so he's, he's, he's yeah. back in bed. So you think he woke up, but really he's, he, he seems to have been out there. Yeah, it's why it's why Ellie's clearly the favorite child in this family because we see Gage maybe three times. Nobody in this gives whole a movie. shit about Gage. <laughs> he has a pretty bad name. It's Gage, right? Gage Creed. Yeah. yeah no, that's that's yeah. awful. He's not right. having a girlfriend in high school. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I kind of anyway. I, I like it. <laughs> he would. <laughs> so then we jump. Like there's a literal jump to Halloween. Yeah. There are kids in cutout ghost sheets yes. in that scene. And I saw it to them. myself. Not just one, two. Who, like these poor child actors that are like, I'm going to be in Pet Cemetery." <laughs> Boy, Halloween Halloween sequence. <laughs> and then like the, the I don't know. The, yeah, like the costume department yeah, the, was, must, there must have been a walkout in the costume department before right. they shot this scene because... <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, just put on this fucking sheet and we're not going to see your stupid face, kid. Just, well, I mean. Just stand there with a sheet on you. To play with. Okay. <laughs> this is not your breakout role. All right. I'll play devil's advocate here and I'll say they might have chosen to do it because when there's a ghost haunting like everyone, like there's the ghost haunting the dad, a ghost haunting the mom and even the child. And then again, they might have done it because no one else really matters other than this family. So it doesn't really matter. Or maybe yeah. or maybe all the parents, because there were two people, ki two kids dressed as goats yeah. in this group. So maybe that's just what happens in, is it is the town of Ludlow? Is that what it's called? Something like that. Yeah, I think maybe so. that's just, maybe that's what all the parents do. And then the creeds come in doing their like 
good fancy costumes in. That's right. So that they're not going to fit in in this town. That's right. I mean, sure, he tucks on her shirt, so <laughs> what else? The out-of-town Boston ways. Right. Um, but the very important thing that happens on Halloween is... Church dies. Yeah, they find uh, the, mm-hmm. the dead cat has been... Well, so, so Judd go, uh, goes to Lewis and says, I got to show you something, and shows him uh, church is dead. Our second casualty of this film. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Lewis and Rachel kind of argue about telling Ellie uh, again, Lewis, you know, pushing towards telling her and Rachel saying, uh, no, we're, we're not going to tell her what happened. And we get some a little bit more flashback to Zelda. And then we get the story of this whole fucking thing with the dumb waiter. Oof. Talk about dumb. Right. Yeah. It doesn't okay, really it's make sense. It's not just sense. me, right? It yeah. seems overly complex a way for a ill kid to die right yeah it makes no sense it makes no sense like she already has a a terminal illness but no you have right. to have her get killed in a dumbwaiter accident right so the story is rachel is taking care of her sister zelda who has this uh spinal deformity and uh she's not supposed to use the dumbwaiter to to send food up to her sister's room but she's a child she's scared but yeah. she's a child she's scared and apparently her sister we we are to understand that her sister kind of hates her resents her and and maybe in her own way is sort of torturing her uh or, or punishing her kind of mentally and emotionally uh so she sends food up through the dumbwaiter and <laughs> like just what is this is so dumb it's so dumb the dumbwaiter goes up we hear the sister walk across the room we drag hear, herself across the room yep, <laughs> and we hear this you know loud i don't even remember it's like a loud thump and a bang and it's all just an excuse for a, a dead, deformed girl to fall out of a dumbwaiter, basically. Yeah. That's ultimately what it is. It makes no... Like, I so, still don't understand how you could die from that. The dumbwaiter is not at, like, Maybe ground level. You can't trip into it. Yeah, and, like... Yeah, and if she dragged also, herself... We're going I think this is gonna be a bad conversation. But, like, so, like, the dumbwaiter, like... It's not like you... I understand like, she has difficult with difficulty with mobility, and I think that's what they're relying on, is that, like, you know, she was disabled, so she had an accident, and it was... Rachel was not up there to help her, and that's what the problem is. But it just feels very forced and very tropey as a horror thing. And also, like, they have the little comment about how she said sometimes the dumbwaiter didn't work, and that's clearly the case this time. But, like, if the door is open and the food's not right there, a Zelda... Would Zelda really be like, oh, where is it? Let me crawl in right. and see where it wound up. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So is that what we're supposed to understand happened there? The food didn't actually, like, the thing didn't go up. So she Zelda was, like, she was opened it and yeah, yeah. Or, like, got halfway up and fell back down. Right. Yeah. What happened? Is that what happened in the book? Uh, no. What happened in I'm the book? I'm pretty sure she just died. Yeah, same in the original movie. So I, I assumed that was in the book as well. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure in the in the in the book. Uh, don't yell at me if I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure the sister just died of sort of natural causes. Like her illness ultimately took her life, and it was actually in the book. It's so much more drawn out and so much more disturbing and sad. And this, it, the whole thing for me is. Bottom line, this part just felt so cheap on every possible level. It felt cheap about like exploiting the this whole thing with a disability. It felt cheap about this stupid like scare with a dumbwaiter that keeps coming back that they seem to think is scary. And very much the the remake vibe of like, well, they did this, we have to top that. Yeah. But even like, so when I saw this, when I saw the remake in theaters, well, I guess it's more of just another adaptation. But when I saw it in theaters, I'd forgotten most of the first movie. So when that happened. I was like, that 
couldn't have been what actually happened. That was way, that was stupid. So anyway, they agree not to tell uh, Ellie about the dead cat. Anything but dead. Anything but dead. Wink, wink. wink. Um, there's so much winking in this script. That's, yeah. He doesn't mean literally. He means like figgy. Like pauses, yeah. pauses yeah. after certain lines. Of right. Like, huh? Right, guys? Did camera, you get it? Camera lingers a lot. After. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then uh, it's it's night and Judd is uh, leading Lewis out to the pet cemetery. They're going to bury the cat. But then they go beyond the deadfall and. Uh, well, it's like, like it's calling to him. He hears the whispers. Yeah. I thought that was like I thought that was coming from my headphones for a second, and I almost you heard legit, that too. I almost got scared. I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> Maybe it is scary. That was scarier than the whole movie. Like that, that worked. So, and this is where we really get again those issues, like those questionable issues with the film. The uh, excuse me, cinematography. Uh, we have some questionable choices here. They they're going out to the big woods beyond the pet cemetery, and again, just I wrote down in my notes: soundstage and bad green screen. It is so obviously a green screen and a soundstage, and I'm like, you couldn't find woods to shoot in. Yeah, you couldn't see what was happening. I mean, you generally knew what was happening. They were yeah. like going on a long trek. Through the woods, through some water, through a creek. They somehow are like on top of a mountain at the end, and then like yeah. surrounded by creepy noises. Yeah, right. Um, it, it was too much. Yeah, they end up climbing like this big hill, and there's these stone steps, and Judd bad green him, screen the whole time. animal. Yes, uh, there's some lightning in the distance. I think Judd tells him to dig and make a cairn. Uh, just a stack of stones. I couldn't remember what that was called. I wrote, make a rock thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they bury Church, and uh, Lewis is skeptical, but not forceful in his, what the fuck are we doing out here? Why am I walking four or five miles to bury this dead cat out in the middle of nowhere? He's just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> this what is for Ali. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. What are we doing out here? Okay. That, yeah, again, question about parenting. Would you really trust the creepy old neighbor, like old guy neighbor to be like, this is for Ellie. All of this is for, like, what? Right. No, sir. You don't know my daughter. Yeah, what Back is your off. issue, like, man? No. What are you talking about? You know, like, even up until this point, Judd's had many, like, one-liners that made me go like, ah, seems a little inappropriate mm -hmm. <laughs> regarding the little girl. Yeah. I put a spell on you. Yes, yep, you that, did. That's the exact line I wrote down. <laughs> the, the, like, I put oh. a spell on you. You already have. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning uh the parents are telling ellie that church ran away and she's like no he didn't he was outside my window and that should be creepy but it's just it's such familiar territory that mm -hmm. it's like yeah we know the cat is back and the cat is in the closet and there's blood in its fur and i still think the cat is cute regardless of all the blood in its fur i thought it was a little odd that ellie Talked about Church being outside her window before seeing he's in the closet. Right. Like, yeah, true, to, true. Same. I'd be like, he's right there. Good point. Church that away, he's in the closet. <laughs> Instead, she goes past tense with him for like five minutes. Right. He was outside my window. Then he was on my bed. Then he was on the floor. <laughs> then he was in the closet. Then he which... coughed up something, and then he went back in the closet. <laughs> which is where he is Took now. Took us through her whole night with the cat. <laughs> Good point. I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. I also hate how every time they show the cat, like post death cat, that they do the like over 
like the sound of a hissing cat yeah growling cat and i'm like you can tell the cat is not doing anything right. the cat is a freaking adorable it's just, just looking out. at you yes and all, then, all three of us being cat owners we know what what a cat looks like when it growls yeah and that is not it right lewis confronts judd because obviously the cat is is back from the dead and uh and judd still is cute, like, by the way yeah <laughs> and judd is basically like yeah He's back from the dead. What of it? Yeah. yeah what, what's the problem? Yeah. He's like, we did it for Ellie yeah. again. And then he goes on this thing about how there are some places in life you can't understand. Right. And then he says, the soil of a man's heart is stonier. What does that mean? I don't know, but he doesn't sound anything like that. The soil of a man's heart. <laughs> is that more like Alan Rickman right now? Stonier. <laughs> Soil of a man's heart. No, I'm bad too. <laughs> so he says that line, which is a a great line out of context, but I just don't think it makes sense. It what is, is it again? The soil of a man's heart is stonier. He's basically saying like there are some places in this world that are all barren and stony or whatever. The soil of a man's heart is stonier. It's from the book. It's a great line, but I don't think it means anything. Yeah, really. And. <laughs> I think it means something. It would mean something in a different context other than the way they put it in this movie. Right. Yeah. I feel like I yeah. could BS some stuff out of it. I was an English yeah. major. Like, I got that. But in, yeah, but right. In the context of what he's saying about, you know, there are some places in this world that are unknowable, essentially. Again, I thought it was just trying to play up the, like, science versus, like, yeah. other things that happen that you can't explain mm -hmm. thing. Hmm. Which I have to say, if if that was a motif, it went over my head in Same. this case. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were subtler than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Lewis is and is on the interwebs, so there is internet in this. I guess now that I think about it, in this timeline, See? in this timeline, he's reading articles about this town and animal finding stuff about animals coming back, a body disappearing from the morgue. Um, these are actually actual stories from the source material so uh they're kind of easter eggs and it's one of those points where they can't really go over everything that's in the book so it's their way of working them in but those things are fleshed out actually uh, judd tells stories about those in the book sorry to keep bringing up the book but um i figure it might be interesting for people who haven't read it or have read it to no i keep asking yeah. you forgot though he also Find stuff about the pet cemetery, and then most importantly, the Indian or excuse me, American Indian lands. And then I have something about like, oh yeah, she's brushing church and then gets scratched because right. he's like not really church anymore, and he's, he's a meanie. Yeah, yeah, he's a sour puss. A sour. <laughs> uh, and he, she says that he stinks, and she's she's so she's brushing his fur, and the noise that they do for the um um the sound effects, it's like. Yeah, yeah, like this like gross, like squishy kind of sound as she's pulling the brush through. Uh, but yeah, the cat ultimately scratches her. At this point, again, I wrote in my notes, so much of this movie goes for cheap scares instead of the fucked up hard stuff that would really stick with you. And I wrote, see, hereditary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just felt like there were so many opportunities to linger on what this story really should be about, which is how fucked up death is and how scary it is and how unknowable it is and terrifying and lingering there which is what the book does really well i think but 
and something like hereditary does really well it takes its time and and knows that the audience is with you and just kind of I'm going to be honest, though. Would you have sat through another, like, hour of that movie? No. See? But if it was better, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it if it <laughs> wasn't so cheap, then maybe. Mm. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it wants to be patient with its own subject matter. It's just like, but also, uh, the cat's going to scratch you and hiss and run away. Uh, it's so <laughs> scary. Well, see, Meh. the reason why that didn't really work for me is... You never really see church being sweet. It's again that True. thing that we learn in writing school so much. Show versus tell. We're just are told that church is a good cat over and right. over yeah, again. Yeah, I did write down not a lot of church screen time prior to his death. Yeah, That's true. So it's one of those things where we're like, you're pulling on a cat's hair is tangled. It was mad. He's gonna scratch. You. That's like what that cats do. A cat would do that anyway. Like, like what? Good for you, cat. Like, Protect yeah, yourself. If, this girl is, is hurting you. And you're right. Like, if we had a scene with Living Church being brushed by Ellie earlier on, like, even you know, for like two seconds, I would have been right. enough. Yeah. Right. Well, I thought it was funny and kind of realistic <laughs> where <laughs> mom and dad are like hanging out, making out, and then she realizes the cat's. In <laughs> 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 but the cat church has some um, a bird. It's a. It's not even dead. It's like a dying bird, and it's yeah. flapping, and it's it's pretty bloody and uh, and gory. This little bird. So yeah, I could see you know that putting a little a stop to a sexy time that's going on there. I see my. I wrote my, hanky panky. Right. See my note I wrote for this scene was are zombie cats an aphrodisiac? <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer is yes, but that bird yes and no. <laughs> but that bird is not. That's the problem. The that's, bird, yeah. That's ultimately birds have disease. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the bird was like it was like the four is a crowd kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere around here. Oh yeah. So okay. So he, uh, Lewis takes the cat out to the garage. No. And yes, he does. <laughs> was it no. basement? He just, basement. Yeah. He garage. Just, yeah. Basement. Guess I rolled my eyes in that point because <laughs> yeah. that, that's when I start really noticing all the tropes going on. Yeah. yeah. And this is a point where, again, just like really on the nose stuff in the basement, he has this weird vision of Your Pascal. Destruction of the destruction <laughs> of all you love is very dear. Right. So, again, that's a ghost ooh, says. Ooh, beware. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, v- Victor Pascal was his name. He, yeah. His warnings could be like a lot clearer. Like yeah. he loves he loves dancing around like, his yeah. points. Yeah, he's yeah. showing up and he's like, "I'm gonna warn you about the thing. The the thing is bad." <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't need Victor at all. Oh no, yeah. I, he does I, not serve a purpose. One of my notes is I have trouble figuring out Victor's purpose throughout the entire plot. Yeah, yes. I feel like in some ways it would have been creepier if they didn't rely so much on Victor and, I don't know, maybe relied on like the creepiness yeah. of yeah. outdoors. And you know, more... the only real reason that he's there is because he's the reason that Rachel goes back home at the end. Because the yeah. kid has a vision no, you're of right. Pascal. That's, yeah, but, that's it, yeah. Beach. But also, why? Yep. how do... Pascal is very separate from the power of the cemetery. Right. So why... It's just this also a world where ghosts also exist. Yes. That th- so the whole thing with the visions throughout vision the the visions that Rachel's having of her sister, I don't know where those are coming from. I'm like is this is this an evil house all of a sudden? Yeah, no. Yeah. I made the same note. It's like is this a haunted house thing cuz it's unclear why they're seeing things in the house. I like think a, I yeah. think again it's inferred to that it's like the land cuz they're on bad juju land. Right. So it's bringing up all these like it's bringing up death and then it's bringing up the question of more like mortality what happens life after death and then it's bringing up ghosts 
But like the visions seem to be tangible. Real I was gonna things. say I'm not saying it pays off. I'm yeah. just saying that's what yeah. I think. Right. And and so speaking of Rachel has another one of these visions of the stupid fucking dumb waiter. Um and. I, I, I'm just like, why? Uh, so she hears something on the roof and then she looks over and the dumbwaiter is there and the girl, the dead sister's in it. And uh, she ends up saying to Lewis, I think it was a m- mistake we moved here. Uh, yeah, it, it was. But again, what what ultimately is wrong with the house itself? Yeah, like maybe if we oh, had no. like a story of the previous owners. Right, like something terrible happened here, mm-hmm. which... I do think is the case in the novel. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was wondering that. that I've not that. read the book myself either. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. It was been a while. I, I lis- uh, So just a heads up. I, I listened to the audiobook and still it, counts. Yeah. And it's uh, it was narrated by uh, what's his name? Michael De- C. Hall. Dexter. Yeah. Mike, Michael C. Hall. It That's is so fitting. good. It is so good. <laughs> he should if you can get your hands too. on that. Yeah. Fun fact. Wasn't John Lithgow in like season two or three of Dexter? Uh, Dexter. He was. Yeah. So, See the connections. That's yeah. all coming full circle. But he the, the audiobook with him reading it, it is really good. He does such a good job. If you, you if you've heard a bad audiobook, you know what a bad reader can <laughs> yes. do to good source material. And Michael C. Hall just nails it. So anyway. Well, I was gonna say Maybe, again, I'm giving the movie more credit than it's worth because I can sometimes do that. But um, so Lewis, he kind of sees the future in his vision with the ghost, whereas the mom sees the past. Stop <laughs> finding good things to say. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not all bad. I think it's more just the execution of certain aspects of it. Just don't, right. they don't land with me for some reason. Right. I hesitate to say this is the reason why the visions were happening because it really wasn't clear, but like my thought was like, is this like the Wendigo infiltrating right. the home through the cat? But hmm. there really weren't wasn't enough evidence to back that up. That would I be thought, interesting. I thought the only thing I knew about the book was like I thought everything, including the house, was like on burial grounds and they weren't supposed to like be there. Not really. I mean, the it really comes down to that land that they that they go to. It's the land beyond the deadfall is where the crazy shit is. Like gotcha. that's th- that's where the Wendigo is. It seems like, and where that's where if you bury the stuff, that's why it comes uh, back. Well, no, that's I the, understand that. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, that like I was just saying. No, I understand yeah. that, but I was just I was wondering if that like in the movie if that or the book if that's what it was but no so that's fine that's yeah. all i was wondering yeah it doesn't really seem to extend to the house it's like the woods are where the bad shit is well yeah, yeah. whatever yeah yeah so there wasn't any payoff with that with the visions especially right. once everything gets really physically violent at the end right well everyone at this point wants to move except for dad and right. age because he can't really talk it's always the fucking dad in these movies that's like we can't just leave and there's no real clear fucking reason dads. there's no clear reason why he doesn't he doesn't seem to be like overly enjoying his new job he doesn't he doesn't have any friends yeah. except judd this what's keeping him there he said it's so he can tuck his daughter in at night at least move to a different house in that village right at some point, uh, he comes across a picture of Pascal that one of the kids drew. Gage. Yeah, and we find out that it was Gage, and then he goes to see Gage, and Gage is crying and very upset because the cat is in the crib. And the cat's not doing the cat's anything. In the just cradle. sitting there. 
remember Tyler and I were both like, the cat didn't do anything. Like, why is like, what's going on? I was just trying to play with the kid. Yeah. I was getting alcohol at that moment, so yeah, I missed that whole scene. <laughs> and then we learn about the, I'm going to butcher it, you just said it. The Wendigo? Yes. Yeah. I mean, who, I could be butchering. I've heard it pronounced Wendigo before. I've heard Wendigo. Because Judd sits uh, Lewis down and opens his old textbooks about uh, Native American folklore and they discuss the Wendigo. So the implication here is that yeah. the Wendigo will possess whatever's buried in the, uh, as I'm- Dare we say, that's the original zombie? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, so whoever's buried in what I'm dubbing the Sour Patch uh, will come back possessed by the Wendigo. Um, when they're talking together about the folklore, this is where we get the famous line, uh, sometimes dead is better. Which yeah. is also the tagline for the original film. Right. Mm. Yeah. It is a great line. Well, this is mm -hmm. where we find out that, like, um, about the land, the myth, um, about, the legend. Yeah, the legend, the man, the, man, <laughs> uh, the dog. Who, Biffer. Biffer, yep, who... Um, Which is a terrible dog name. Yeah. Right? Biffer the Sniffer. <laughs> yep, who had to be killed again because he was attacking people. And uh, I didn't think it would happen again this time, but it did. Just surprise. I don't know if I was tuning out at this point, but I feel like they, he really glossed over that whole backstory. He, no, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't just me. No, this is when he finally tells us and... Even then, you're like, what the fuck, bro? Like, well, he delivered it very casually. <laughs> yeah. So can I say one other thing about the source material that I think the movie suffers from? And, and this is also something that the original movie doesn't get quite right that's from the book. And I understand why. They didn't have time for it. But, like, um, the book is really... It goes deeper into what happens when something's buried in that land. So, so when something's buried there, it doesn't necessarily always come back evil in the book. Judd oh, talks isn't about... that like in the first movie, does that happen? Or am I making this up? Mm, I remember in the first movie, pretty much everything coming back bad. Yeah. So, like, Sorry, guys. No... I was like seven. <laughs> if that were to happen, it's like, why would people keep going up there and burying their shit, knowing that it's going to come back and try to murder them? So in the book... The dog that, that Judd has, Biffer, it comes back and it's just kind of like dumb and smelly and there's something off with it, but it, it never is evil and it doesn't attack people. He just knows that it it's kind of deadish and it always smells bad and he knows it's not quite right. I think it's just part of human grieving. Like, there are some people where nothing you say or think about, they're going to be like, I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to just try just, like, just one so more it, time to hang out with my dog. So it doesn't matter if it's yeah. going to be evil. They're just yeah. like, I just want my dog back. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense, but I don't know. I liked that subtle difference in the book where it's like, look. No, I, not, do, I do like that. Not everything that comes back and wants to immediately murder you. It's just grosser in the sense that it's just <clears throat> there and it's still deadish, mm -hmm. but it's not outright evil. There's something almost more unsettling with that. Yeah. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> well. After that scene, <laughs> I'm just gonna move us forward, just please. Plowing through here, <laughs> Lewis tries to euthanize the cat and is like, "Oh, you're just gonna go to sleep for a while." And so tries to double kill the cat. Yeah, the mm -hmm. cat doesn't like it, so he decides to take him for a car ride and set him free. After church, gives him the old sad kitty eyes, which yeah. no one can resist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it was also like one of those moments where I was too distracted because of the green screen to really like pay attention. I was like, clearly. This is a cat in front of a green screen. Right. 
So Lewis tries to uh, drop the cat off in the woods because he can't kill it. So he's trying to ditch it in the woods. And then we're at Ellie's birthday. Mm -hmm. Where Joe, once again, can't resist sliding in a creepy one-liner about regarding cake this time. But I only wrote down... Damn it, Judge, stop being weird, hyphen cake, so I don't remember what the line was. What he wanted he the say? corner, he wanted a corner like, piece. Well, I want one on the edge here. Yeah, he wanted a corner piece, get that extra sweet, that extra icing. It's just the way he leaned in and said it, it was just, <clears throat> a normal person wouldn't do this. I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is where um, shit finally hits the fan and the movie kind of actually finally gets going. up. Like a truck hits the fan. <laughs> da da da. And if the fan was a person. <laughs> Named Ellie. So um, they're doing this weird blindfold game where Lewis has a blindfold on. And weird. He's it looks like to... it's hide and seek, isn't it? But he's got a blindfold on. How do you play hide and seek? I th- see, I thought they were going to hit a pinata. What? I was All I know, confused okay. about okay. the game they were playing. I've played a game like this before. Okay. All I know is that real life Carrie like, went back to being like seven years old and was like, there's a giant man in a blindfold spinning around. I was scared I was going to get hurt. So I would have been like out of the game. I would be like, I'm not playing. It's like, <laughs> she's not exaggerating. Jason Clark is a very large man, yeah. height wise. I would have been like, I'm not playing this. He's scary bad. It's like <laughs> stumbling around. He's it got seemed a, like a very large man with an anvil shaped face. Yeah. Isn't it's, he from Australia? Australia. Yes. That that's he definitely Australia. wasn't American. I could tell that much. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like Marco Polo, but the the children are not saying Marco or, they're just or Polo and or giggling. yeah, they're just and he's like spinning around with his blindfold on and Again. So, he's just dragging his Frankenstein body. Like, I'm gonna get you <laughs> again. Baby Carrie would have been out. I would have tapped out. I'd be like, "Mommy, no." It's all an excuse for Ellie to go hang out by the road behind the trees, and she sees. Um, she sees the cat coming down the road. So. Which I don't know church. what was going on with their uh, like CGI <laughs> so placement, but weird. Church looked enormous against his, his background. His tail is the size of several cars stacked on top. No, of my first time seeing this, my first time seeing this, I'm like, is that like a person walking towards her? <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's because you know Church is evil, and so his spirit is larger than his body. I really think it was a. Anyway, I tried to pull a carry and have really a deep thought a, there. Anyway, I really think it was a CGI insert mishap. Yeah, she she runs on the fucking road to get her cat, and then this very obvious setup here. Yeah, and she's in the road, and you're like, "Why are you in the road, child?" And then a truck comes, and he checks his flip phone, and he has a message, and then he swears. Oh, oh, sorry, Gabe runs out onto the road as well. Gage, Gage. I'm sorry, we have a nephew named Gabe. <laughs> Gage. <laughs> Which not is, our nephew Gabe. Which I feel like was it's another movie. Well, we can talk about the Gage fake out after we discuss the whole scene, I guess. Then yeah. there's really bad CGI crash where he like slams a brake and then his rig like goes and then slams on her. Yes, because and... Gage, Gage runs out into the road and um... I'm try- I'm just plowing through literally. <laughs> Carrie, I want to I want to pause here <laughs> for a second because I just like looking at Carrie's face. Carrie is so annoyed that we have to talk about this movie. Like she is just like staring like dead eyes. Like I, want, I, do like, I don't want to do this right now. I do want to get some details. I do want to get some details in so we could talk about how bonkers this scene is. I think later. I'm gonna eat my my chocolate ice cream pop I bought myself when we're done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because Gage runs out into the road because he also sees church running down the road or something and then lewis at the last minute pulls him out of the way of the truck causing the truck the truck to us to swerve and crash and then create the most overly complex and unnecessary character death i've ever seen on film the mom's stupid dramatic fall like i was like what i mean i get it it's your child yeah the whole thing so how does how do they so how do they take what could be a very clean 
quick death and turn into a vague. Can I also say she would not be that pristine if she got hit oh by a my, truck? Yeah. Well, I believe that was why they. My, I think that's why they changed from just her getting hit by the truck to the truck swerving, losing its tanker, and the tanker sliding and bonking her. And <laughs> it literally knocking. bonks her. I, I wrote that down, actually. I was like, it looks like she just got bonked by... Yeah, there's a bit of blood on the... On the um, little step ladder. On the, the ladder, yeah. But then so like, she has no blood on her. Because... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying so not. To, I'm trying not to keep going back to like the source material, but yes, in the source material, it is a truck that just hits the kid, and in the original story, it is Gage who is hit by yeah. this truck. But since they did the fake out with Gage and changed it to Ellie, I don't. I still don't know why they took what could have been just like she gets hit by a truck to the truck falls apart and then a piece <laughs> of it hits her in her Slides forehead in CGI fashion. <laughs> it just it seemed very unnecessary, and I think any. Any first-time viewer not knowing any better would still think that was weird. The physics and of it are, like, that the tanker, like, slides just far enough to, like, bonk her mm -hmm. and send her into the grass, and then it's like, all right. Like, if this was a comedy, it would stop right in front <laughs> yes. of her. And I also, my other thought was, like, if that happened to me as a child, my parents would not be laying in the grass with me. My dad would have ran inside, got his gun, and ran back and probably, like, shot the driver. Like, that would have been the end of the movie. Like, just saying. Very fair, but I'm pretty sure the driver died in this fiasco. I don't think so. Did that was he? my guess. Ooh, nobody gives a shit about this driver. I feel actually. like it would have been a cut. I feel like otherwise it would have been a cutaway shot to him going, like, is everyone all right? That's true. Well, if you killed someone, you probably hide in your truck. This is getting too real. Yeah. Can we move also, on? Well, also, I, I found I found a little, another necessary thing I found was they had all this setup of trucks coming, speeding down this country road. Do we really need the cause of the accident to be that he was texting? Like, it seems, like, it seems like we already set up that, right. hey, shit happens with these trucks right. already. He's is texting. everybody texting? Is that? Uh, <laughs> he's texting on a flip phone. That uh, was probably like, I bet the directors got paid by like the National Whatever Council to like oh, put that in there. Is Orinco a real truck company i don't think so no i don't think so. also also a uh, side note uh the company named orinko on the side of the truck just got orinoco flow by enya stuck in my head <laughs> sail away sail away yeah, sail yeah. away yeah <laughs> you can cut that if you want no, <laughs> no that's we staying. are keeping that's that staying. that gave me flashbacks to childhood again oh, yeah. i went through a phase where i listened to a lot of enya that phase for me started last year actually <laughs> <laughs> when I really started digging her to her, her deeper works. She was right around where I got into Radiohead, too. I, I also may have smoked a lot of something. So, moving on. You heard um, it here, folks. Ben Alaka was a drug children's user. children's show. <laughs> That's right. This is a children's show. Uh, is, uh, it's is legal we, most places. Is weed places. legal in New York yet? Not, uh, not yet. I don't smoke it anymore. I mean, we don't live I mean, in New York. You don't know what I was talking about. I was talking about <laughs> ben tobacco. Ben lives in one of those legal states. Tobacco. That's <laughs> all I was talking about. Funeral uh, for Ellie. And then... Uh, uh, things oh can i do a quick note as well uh yeah. in relation, it relates to the funeral during the funeral lewis gets a real dirty dirty look from rachel's parents oh yeah ellie's grandparents and we up until now we've had no establishment that these were rachel's grand these were rachel's parents yeah so if i if i didn't know better i might just think who the hell are these people at the funeral it's a throwback to the book they hate him and it's a whole thing but again there's no point if it doesn't if it's not relevant to the movie and this is the issue with uh, pascal too if it's not relevant to the story that you're trying to tell in the medium that you're using in this case the movie then just don't include it for the sake of including it 
Like, and, and that's another issue that this movie has is it's like they wanted to be slightly truer to the book. So they put in some of those Easter eggs, but it just feels like a mishmash of things mm-hmm. that lead to questions that don't have answers in the movie. It's like, itself. well, we had to do this, but like, right. Honestly, you should make everything as if people don't know any better. Exactly. But uh, in the aftermath of all of this, basically, Rachel is like, I can't be here right now. So she's going to go be with her parents and things the pacing of the movie around here too i just th- this is where i'm like there are issues with the structure of this I think movie i sighed a lot <laughs> yeah it just suddenly moves very fast and again this is a moment where if you're going to draw something out like don't draw at the beginning of the movie where nothing's happening draw <laughs> out this part where this family is now grieving and you have to you should build up to the choice that this guy makes to do this horrible thing and dig up his dead daughter <laughs> And add some weight to it. Yeah, he took her up pretty fast. He was yeah. like, "Well, I know where I'm taking her." Yeah, all we really got, all we really got to uh, like prelude this was a look. Judd shot him at the funeral, just kind of like a "I know what to think and look." Yeah, and that's it. That's like the entire build up. Is yeah. Like... Right. Okay. Well, my mom engaged leave with her parents. I'm I'm plowing through. I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> Um, so then, okay, Lewis is by himself, and he sees a bonfire, and Jeb is having a little outdoor bonfire and a little smoky smoky. Mm-hmm. We don't know what he's smoking. I <laughs> don't know what you guys are insinuating. <laughs> and Lewis brings over some booze, and then while Jeb is, like, fiddling around, he spikes Jeb's. And again, I said... Uh, I've called him two different names in this. <laughs> I have. <laughs> again, I have no fucks at this point. I just, just want to get through this. Judge. Jeb. Jibs. Jib. Jebby is it's just at the bonfire. It's because and... it's true. I wrote I wrote his name different like every time. Uh, so let's get back to Jack at the bonfire. So Jack's at the bonfire um, and uh, so so John I wrote is that he's sad. having a drink. And then Luis wants to share a drink with Jim. And... Yep. I wrote that he's sad and I drew a sad, sad face boy. next to it. Yeah. And then so he spikes George's drink and... Which, was this necessary? No. No. I mean he could have just got him drunk or... Or just, or just not done, done anything. anything. Basically, it's so he can knock him out so he can yeah. go unbury his child. Yeah. But like at but the he, same time, he it's want, like, he didn't want, just go and d- dig your child. Had, like, who he cares? He didn't want Joe poking around. Yeah. John, stay out of it. <laughs> yeah, like Jedediah had like, like he... Lewis had spiked his drink long before, like, uh, Judd even, like, <laughs> said, I, I can't, I ran out of names, but, so but like, yeah, like, uh, it wasn't until after Lewis spikes a drink and gives it to him that Judd starts going, like, I know what you're thinking, and I think it's a bad idea, and all this yeah. shit. Up until that point, what reason did Lewis have to, like, knock this old man out with possibly lethal chemicals yeah. he didn't know? I said that. Old. I yeah. said that. Carrie He's an like, old dude, and as a doctor, a heart. <laughs> you should know you have to be careful with how much drugs you administer people, mm-hmm. especially when they're older. Yes. You don't know what kind of blood thinners he's on, yeah. heart meds. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. He could have killed really John don't know shit about Lithgow. this old guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's if real he man. killed John Lithgow... Oh, well, in a way, he did. Later on, well, his daughter. Well, hmm. well, he technically did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was sad watching John Lithgow go. John Lithgow go. So I have stuff to talk about. Uh, I can talk about that later when we get to that scene. Yeah. But I was not sad. So yep. we'll continue here. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so somehow he's talking to his wife on his fucking cell phone in his car, and she was like at the house, and she was like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't have left." Blah right. blah blah. He's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just drinking. Can you hear the passion with which Carrie is talking about this right now? And then he does a creepy, I love you too, whisper before he goes and digs up his child. Yeah. I'm trying to get through this. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's around 
And then when he goes to dig up Ellie, we get another visit from Pascal, I believe. No, not his last appearance, but another useless appearance from Pascal, yes. which was really when I decided, what is his point here? I wrote that if in my notes he, at that exact moment. If, if this is Pascal's, if Pascal was sent by a, a higher power to save Lewis, he sucks at this it's job. He's bad. He's should, real bad. Should have finished college, Victor. I wrote in my notes right when you said it. WTF is his point in this movie. When did he appear? I'm sorry. I don't remember. Uh, like in the cemetery? Always in yeah. the forest? I think he's like digging up and. and I think he's already dug her he's up. He's basically actually. like, don't do it. Don't do it, Lewis. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, so yeah. I like, remember. He, his point in the movie, just to answer the question, is to take away all the possible subtext. That's yeah. his role. I think I, w- I ignored it because I was too angry with how fast he dug to her grave. Yeah. Like, to her, her, her no hesitation. Yeah. Like, I was like, that took like five minutes. That's, so, that's at least six feet. What's going on here? I hate to keep doing this, but like in the novel, I, I, I love this in the novel because I love realism and horror. And in the novel, Stephen King did his research and he actually goes over how there's a concrete slab over uh the the casket and i how forgot he has about to, like, that yeah he has to, to like jackhammer. wedge it up yeah. and shit and it's a whole thing yeah. um and i'm like yeah but for the sake of the movie and the pacing i understand why they didn't do that but it does you know break my sense of realism is that one of those things where how it's so established in film like how vikings never had horned helmets but they do in movies because people expect it right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so same kind of deal mm-hmm. yeah um and then he so he gets her body up and uh, again it was very dark he couldn't really super see what dark was happening they so go to he, the woods so we assume he dug her up that's all, right. as far as we could tell yeah. <laughs> that's yeah we heard grunting and there was i think a picture of a shovel at one point <laughs> and uh then he's in the woods i think and then he's uh roaring and, yeah, and also, what happened to the sho- so what so he digs right. ellie's new grave <laughs> yes. with his bare hands Thank what you. happened to the shovel between then and now he left it, I guess, at the the other cemetery. He couldn't be troubled to take it to the woods where he was going to dig you know, a hole father, in the I get it. rocky, Just... stony ground. Right. You dig that with your bare hands, sir. Right. Mm. I, yeah. Bury your own, I guess, yeah. Right. Well, before even he goes and digs, the mom is at her parents' house and has that weird premonition, like, her yeah. flashback. Little Pascal assist. Yeah, and then Victor's ghost shows up and, because Gage sees him. And he says, stop you. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. He says, like, you have to go. I don't know. Go home. Yeah, go home. That's what he says. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to go home, even though movie. he knows it doesn't, it takes way longer than that to get back mm-hmm. to that town. Right. Oh, yeah. But she's there in like really five minutes. really sending her to a death is what he's right. doing. Oh, yeah. And he's then, so bad at his job, Victor. Good job, Pascal. Right. And then I wrote that Lewis digs and growls at the wind because mm-hmm. I'm a poet, so I have to say it in that voice as well. Yes, and I was like, he, roars. <laughs> he like roars at the wind. Wolverine grunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to play up the drama. Yeah. And then he goes back to his house, which is really dark. Again, mm-hmm. really dark. Yeah. No lighting. And then he lays out clothes for Ellie. Yeah. He's in bed, he wakes up, he goes down, he sees dirty footprints leading into the house, uh, and he finds Ellie in the basement. Was that like, where was that? Was that like the cat bed or something? I don't know. I also wrote down, what is this basement bed? Yeah. It looks really- So, there was like a flashback where she was like playing in that area because it's like 
a bunch of pillows and like girly blankets and stuff but yeah it never they never really show her we just have like one flashback of her and we're supposed to like assume she liked to hang out down there a flashback i don't know a flashback in the present day it, like, it was like it was <laughs> no it was when he was like at the funeral and he was like okay. he like had some flashbacks of her or something or like when they came home right after the funeral and she was like hanging out in that weird little creepy space yeah. in the basement but i mean i Meh. what yeah. so, far, so far flashbacks have been using this movie to show like their previous life but to have one that's in this new life in their right. house seems well, really it was, weird it was after she died Clearly so a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah that's what i think it was a yeah. deleted scene and they were like Meh. you know what it, this movie feels like it feels like the type of movie that has been written by 16 different screenwriters oh, absolutely oh it said it had a screen story and then a screen, a screen play writer <laughs> and then there were two writers yeah. on this particular movie but they're and clearly two directors yeah but they're clearly pulling from the source material the novel but they're also pulling from the original movie yes. so right there is four different stories that they're trying to potentially cram into one and also yeah. i can talk more about this later but i also noticed they're pulling details from the sequel to the original film pet mm. cemetery 2 interesting i forgot there was a sequel i can that? touch on those as we get to that that was the one i saw as a kid and all i remembered was the dead dad like starting to grind that kid's face into on a the dirt bike dirt bike wheel yep. yeah yeah so if you like if you want to watch the movie that movie's okay but if you want to watch clancy brown kill a bunch of people then it's definitely a movie yeah hmm. i gotta find it and rewatch it i haven't seen it in years so i just remember those weird i snippets. just forgot there was a second one yeah <laughs> so ellie is dead and she's back um and she's like where am i and then and it's bath time. Things that I actually like done that I thought were done well with Ellie. I think again we already mentioned the actress. Really great job on good. her part. Yeah, she's like, got the creepy voice down. Yeah, I feel like if they had more scenes like the bathtub scene. This movie would have been yes. jackpot A plus. Yeah. Which also from here on out we go entirely off the rails from the source material. Right. Yeah. Like, so I like the the blue veins that they do the makeup on the girl too. The wonky her, eye. Yep. Face. The wonky yeah. eye. Yep. Yeah. Um. She's just from a, her little truck bunk. Bunk on Even the noggin. Just like her body the language. Yeah. Where she like turns when he finds like the staples down on the back of her head and she's, she's like, like what is it what is yeah, it yeah it's definitely one of those yeah she turns her head instead of moving her eyes yeah a little master class in acting there people right and then it's bedtime and uh she's like what does oh. she say i remember my birthday party church was in the road but not I that was... cheerfully <laughs> yeah she was like I was... oh yeah sorry let me bring it down a notch i was I so happy there you go so much fun <laughs> And then she. I remember my birthday. I wrote dot dot dot, and then I said, "Back from where?" Yeah. She doesn't know how she mm. got there. She's very confused. Yeah, because he says you're back. He says she says like, "Am I? I'm dead, aren't I?" Or something. Yep. Which also really throws the whole Wendigo possessing the bodies out of out of the window. That's right, true. true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And kind yeah. of really really turns them into full on zombies at this yeah. point. Oh, I also noted, Lewis seems pretty okay when her hair f is falling out in the bathtub. Oh, yeah, totally. he just drops it. He like, I know he knows she's there. dead, but still, like, that would alarm me. Right. Yeah. The only time he's slightly creeped out is with, like, the staples on the back of her head. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and she also says in the bed when they're trying to sleep, she says, I can hear the woods. And he's like, the window is closed. And she says, not like that, inside. And Lewis is just staring straight up at the ceiling and a little tear rolls down his cheek. Mm -hmm. But his face in that moment is like, yeah, now you fucking get it, you douchebag. Yes. <laughs> see, so I didn't see him cry until she said, I love you, daddy, right after that. Yeah, and okay. then he had the single That's tear. That's true. And he said, I love you, Ellie. Single man tear. So do you think then that he's just like happy that she's there? No, or do you I think, think he's... he, I think okay. he's happy, but he also realized it 
something's wrong off yeah yeah and he's realizing like the weight of what he did probably yeah i done fucked up ellie the, so in the morning and and judd wakes up and ellie is dancing and breaking stuff in her wearing her funeral dress uh i'm gonna kind of speed through some things so that's going on and uh lewis is like he stop wants, breaking yeah. stuff and then we see rachel and gage are driving back they're in traffic and we see a sign that says dairy 20 miles nice little <laughs> easter egg yes the town the town where it takes place That's although right. as a stephen king nerd geographically castle rock should be closer than Derry. oh geez but, calling you out mm-hmm. but we'll move on <laughs> <laughs> judd kind of confronts lewis and he's like if you done something lewis you can still undo it and uh judd you know so lewis is like got on this really fake creepy smile and it's like finally this actor who's a really good actor is able to act for this fucking movie judd uh walks away but he does see a little girl in the window so he knows that she's back um he goes to his house here's something upstairs no he locks the door right like a smart person yes, then he walks with and, one foot then and he walks. grabs his gun <laughs> here's shit on the roof he goes upstairs and we get another kind of fake out from the original movie, which is what, Tyler? In the original movie, uh, Judd is investigating his upstairs bedroom, and then the dead kid hiding underneath the bed uh, slashes at his Achilles heel. And in this movie, uh, Judd is standing near the bed, and just when we think the same thing is about to happen, he kicks it away. I would say he... he pretty badassly kicked that bed right. all the way yeah you know all actually like, fuck this bad john lithgow's all over this scene and it comes yeah. out of nowhere actually. yeah yeah right what is, is he walking back downstairs He's walking back downstairs and you see church in the middle yep. of the hallway right and he laughs i don't remember if he says anything but then he starts going down the stairs and the ellie... equivalent of one of those like <laughs> you dumb cat yeah. moments the and then <laughs> and then Ellie stabs him right in that Achilles like we were just talking about. Yep. I don't know if they were again trying to top what was done before, but the Judd's heel have to explode when she cut it. <laughs> I'm That's gonna say yes. what happens. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. It was very like it was um, over the top. Um so and then uh, little Ellie is, you know, taunting him and her face turns into Norma's face and she's like, Norma is in hell. We're suffering. The, her She's whole... wearing that creepy kitty mask again. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's one of the creepy masks that the culty kids were in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And Norma is Judd's wife. Uh, it's been a while since we mentioned that yeah, that's in the podcast. True. Yeah. Just for, for context. Yeah, that was like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so she's all suddenly got Norma's face, though, his, his wife's face. And uh, it didn't really make any sense to me that she's like, I'm suffering eternally for what you did. Yeah, so here's where I wrote down. Huh? Is this supposed to imply that did Judd... Did Judd actually murder his wife or did when she died, did he bury her in the burial ground and she came back for for like a hot second? Or no. what what are implications of this I scene? Don't she know. said what you did by showing Lewis the yeah, right. graves. So basically his but that makes no sense because Norma died however many years ago. She would have already been where mm-hmm. she's supposed to be. He basically he knows that this child is just messing with him because he says something and he That's tries not my Norma. Yeah. And he tries to like grab his gun, but she stabs him just before he can grab it and then she keeps stabbing. Stab, stab, stab. And we get another badass Judd moment where she says uh, she's going to make him pay. And he goes, like, you just fucking try. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Right. Which another movie trope that I hate is when you use the word fuck to establish that a character is badass. Which is like, yeah, if you're 13, but like, <laughs> these are adults. <laughs> right. So it's stabby time. And then we go back to Lewis. And he, uh, so Rachel returns. And Lewis is all fake happy. And he's like, oh, everything's great. Oh, my, my loving wife. Oh, how was your journey? <laughs> right. And. And uh, Rachel realizes something's wrong, and he says, I just needed more time with her. 
And then uh, Ellie comes through the hallway. And I, I actually like this moment where Rachel realizes was, what happened. I was going to say, Rachel did the correct thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She freaked out. She's like, yeah. she's like, this is not my child. I'm not hugging her. Yeah. Who's right. Just Amy. Amy Simmons. Yeah. She did great work from this scene onward. I have to yeah. Say. Yep. And then the child's like, aren't you happy, mommy? I almost did the fake British Irish voice from like holding her on again. What's wrong, mummy? Uh, and he's like, hug your daughter, Rachel. Hug her daughter. I will say, I rolled my eyes when Ellie made her grand entrance, going, the great and terrible. Yeah. It's oh, like, God. It's like, what yeah. are we like? What are zombies dropping one liners now? Right. Like, yep. Where like, would she get that? Well, again, that was from the beginning, the first a, scene when they yeah. come oh, really? into the house. Yeah. I forgot entirely. It's utilized a lot in the novel, and again, I just don't don't think it has a place in this particular movie. It just feels wedged in there for no particular mm-hmm. reason. Uh, anyway, uh, Rachel uh, runs upstairs with Gage, and then again, smartest character in this movie, right? Ellie says she doesn't want me here. Which is, That's okay. I don't want her here. She says either. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Instead of either. either. Uh, and then... And then I wrote it super dark again, because that house yes. was dark. So I'm not sure exactly what's happened, like where Lewis was, but all of a sudden he sees that the front door is open, so he assumes that Ellie ran oh, out. So he went upstairs to convince Rachel to love his zombie daughter, but then she right. kicked him out again. So he goes outside. Meanwhile, Ellie is on her way upstairs, essentially. Or no, Rachel has another one of those uh, pointless visions <laughs> of the stupid dumb, dumb, dumb waiter. And then Ellie, as soon as she comes back from that vision of her sister, Ellie tries to stab her with a steak knife. Or, uh, sorry, a butcher knife. I'm sorry. I've offended you. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I wouldn't have known the difference. I was like, I don't know, it's a knife. (laughs) Um, So Ellie is attacking her. Um, uh, Rachel is fighting her. Lewis realizes kind of something is wrong, comes around, and... uh, He's found Judd dead in his house. Yeah, yeah. Which he was more angry about than scared about. (laughs) God damn it. Right. I'm going to deal with this. Right. (laughs) Well, okay, so... Gotta bury him now, too? (laughs) Fuck. So while that's going on, Rachel's trying to run away from Ellie, and she, like, kicks her and all this stuff, which is pretty badass. She tries to save Gage... Her and Gage get locked into another room. I'm not sure what room it is. Yeah, what but, room was that? But the thing that drove me crazy. Who knows? The thing that grew is she breaks the glass when you could see that there was like a glass slider to open the window <laughs> right next to it. And there's like a slow motion moment where yeah. she's like, break the I glass. I that too. It's just like. And then, like, I saw her, like, as soon what? as she threw that little baby toddler chair against the window, I was like, the slider's right there. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's desperate. Ain't nobody got time for that. So. And then she this podcast. she pulls a Michael Jackson and hangs her toddler over <laughs> and out the window. Oh boy! You know I'm gonna pull up Michael. I'm gonna pull out Michael Jackson as much as I can. In this podcast. Yeah, much love. So um, then she tosses her child to, yep. to Daddy of the Year so far. Yep. <laughs> this guy does a great job with his kids. Uh, and then she gets stabbed. Yep. Lots. And, and sh- pretty, uh, like, uneventfully. Yeah. Stabbed in the back. Like this major character just stabbed to death, and you're like, okay, that well, happened. Could we say it was the spine, and her sister had the spine? I noticed that. <laughs> Actually, that, that's a really good thing I noticed. I did not pick up yep. on that. Yep. It was, like, center of her lower back, so probably. Again, we're giving this spine. movie too much credit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then she was, like, playing with her food, and she was poking her in the yeah. stomach when she was talking <laughs> yeah. about, like, your sister what did she say your sister you prayed your sister would die yeah she's turning the knife slowly in her mom's guts basically and dad was wrong yeah but it's not heaven 
yeah, dad was wrong. There is something afterwards, but it's not what you think. <laughs> and you'll be there soon. So she says, you're not my daughter. Don't call me mommy. Yeah, don't call me mommy. You're not my daughter. And then uh, evil Ellie says something like, well, then go be with her or whatever. And then s- stabs her again and kills her. Yeah, because cause, uh, Rachel says, you're not my daughter. Ellie's dead. Yeah. And then not Ellie is like, the me <laughs> nailed it <laughs> that's it you got it uh, um so i'm trying to remember okay. how does ellie drag rachel through the she, she so, drags her, her to the woods where the fuck is lewis uh, lewis she so, knocks him. so lewis catches gage sticks him in the family car and runs up where rachel dies in his arms after after saying oh yeah please don't bury me in that place and then uh, Ellie gives him the ch- the uh, chair, right. quite literally. Yep. Yeah, Smashes she hits the him in chair the head. over his That's head. That's right. I remember. And then we cut to Ellie dragging Rachel's body through the woods behind her. Right. By the ankles. And then we get an Which epic I remember, graveyard fight. Okay. But before we get to this graveyard fight, <laughs> I remember the first time we watched this, we looked at each other and we were like, how is she pulling yeah. her over the, the dam thing that yes. like blocks off? Oh, shit, yeah. Like, magic Wendigo strength. Yeah, yeah like that's how... the only explanation is she's got magic Wendigo strength. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we have an epic graveyard fight because, oh, what the fuck happened? So so actually, Ellie does take the mom all the way up to uh, the burial ground on the, the mountain. Yeah, we don't the, see the that, sour though. Patch. Yeah, um, so I, I guess it's, she's coming back. When Lewis, yeah, because when Lewis finds her, her, she's like hiding in the graveyard with right. the knife. Yeah, so they have a battle and they throw the fuck down. Yes, this, this dad and daughter. Yeah, yeah. He's he's had it. He is not fooling around anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's time for a beating. <laughs> at one point, he, when he gains the upper hand, he's strangling his undead daughter. Which, come on, man. Like moral of the story is. You know, sometimes you just gotta smack a zombie. Mm-hmm. You just gotta smack a zombie. That's around. not where I thought you were going with that, but that's much better than what I thought you were gonna say. Doesn't ma- my point is it doesn't matter what their age is. You can't a zombie think is you're, a zombie. You're hitting mm-hmm. a child. You're hitting a zombie. Just smack that zombie child around. They deserve it. Well, the part that <laughs> that was kind of humorous was when. He like had his foot on her chest, and she kept like going like this crazy oh, like yeah. hyper speed wiggle like under him. Yeah, the thing that exorcism movies always yes, do. Yes, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Like exorcism, and then he's just about to kill her when <laughs> <laughs> we see him getting stabbed like through the heart. Yeah, like- so he gets he gets. Uh, Heart stabbed. I don't know how by else to one say of the it. Uh, by one of the great one of the like wooden crosses set up for the pets. Right, right. right. Which is kind of cool, but wait. Yeah. So do we think he's a, a vampire? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Lewis gets uh gets uh he gets skewered. Squished. Yeah. And then mom and daughter drag him off. And then let's then we see. come into where the movie began. Yes. Yeah, it's a jump. Burning house. Gage yeah. is in the car. Gage looks around and he sees coming down the driveway towards him a nice little family of zombies Mm -hmm. carrying gas cans they're back together guys they're back together it's this is a happy ending and then the church jumps on the the front of the car right which is he's the star of the show and we Mm -hmm. all know it i was happy that he was front and center in that ending then we we cut to black yes to a well no you cut to the the car oh yeah we hear the the blip blip which I, I, I asked, like, isn't that the sound of a car 
uh, locking? Or is <laughs> Anyone that... who drives a Volvo, can you either. please let us know? Yeah. Does your both? car make that noise when it opens or just when it locks? Yes. Yeah. Contact the podcast and let them know. Please. Blasterhorror at gmail.com. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Okay, so... Uh, and then so we cut is... to the end credits featuring a cover of the Ramones song, Pet Cemetery, which was used in the original film. Right. Now, here's where I tell you guys, if you didn't know, there was an alternate ending to this movie. Someone did their research. Oh, boy. In the alternate ending, everything is the same up until Lewis has uh, Zombie Ellie pinned under his foot, and he has a shovel raised over his head. But at the very last minute, he looks at his daughter, giving him sad puppy eyes. And realizes that he can't kill her. So that's what I thought was going to happen. Yes. Yeah. So he realizes he can't kill her. And then he tells her, we'll be a family again. Don't worry, honey. And then together they drag Rachel's body to the burial ground. Didn't we see that? That sort of makes more sense. And no, then, we I, we didn't. And, no. then the end of, and then the end of the movie plays out virtually the same, except Lewis is not a zombie. But he he does look very concerned with having a zombie family now. He probably see, should be. Yeah. See, as much as I don't like the turn for his character, the timeline of events at that ending would make more sense because that's my issue with it is when the mom kills him. It's like, well, how fucking long has she been up there in the first? Like, so yeah. Ellie had to take her all the way up there, bury her. She has to come back to life, walk back down. Ellie's just hanging out in this graveyard. Like, mm-hmm. it just the timeline of Head events there. Head are no joke. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So the timeline would make more sense, but his actions, I don't know if I would buy it. No. And also, like, why? So in the original movie, I remember they burned, uh, Lewis burns Judd's house down. Just because it's, he's got to cover that shit up while he sorts out what to do with his uh, dead wife. But uh, in this case, it really doesn't make sense for why the zombies would burn down his no. house. It's a, just a cool image, I think. That burning house. That's it. Or just, you know, something in the original cut that they didn't want to lose when they changed yeah. the ending. It could be that his body's in there and they don't want to bring his That's body back. That's what I was back. thinking. Yeah, they just want to burn it. Yeah. Like, it's a way to cover evidence. But, like, where do but you see this going evidence. in the future? Yeah, like, what's their five-year plan here? Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to just hang out in this house like a zombie fam? And, and is just their be plan like... to raise Gage as a human or kill him as well? I assumed that they were going to kill him. Yeah, same. And, and so here's my ultimate question with this type of ending is like what is the end goal like you said the five-year plan what's the goal of the the dead in this or is it just to spread more dead and yeah my and that brings me back to my comment about like all right we kind of lose the whole the wendigo evil spirit is possessing Mm -hmm. bodies here when these are clearly self-aware zombies right that have agendas and goals in life and i don't know a world takeover plot i don't know we don't get that far Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to bury yeah. the whole world in this uh, pet and cemetery? This is what brings me. This is why I think it was like. Who a... fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And this is almost. I'm this debating almost... things in my brain. <laughs> and this is a plot element that I found familiar from Pet Cemetery Two, released in 1992, which, if you're interested, stars Anthony Edwards, Edward Furlong, and Clancy Brown. So they did not get. There were not small names in this movie. No. Is Furlong the kid who yeah, almost so gets we're... his face ground on the tire. No, that was. Ugh. That Damn was a, that kid looks familiar, but I don't know who that was. Edward Furlong isn't is John Connors. No, I know who he is. And Clancy <laughs> yeah. Brown is Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so in Pet Cemetery 2, Clancy Brown plays this uh, mean stepdad who gets killed by, through various circumstances, he gets killed by a dog that the kids bring back to life. Yeah. And they bury him and bring him back to life so they don't get in trouble for killing him. And then he starts killing people and burying them in the cemetery to bring them back to life. 
So that was that was familiar to me when I saw these self-aware zombies pulling mm, off this gotcha. magic. That makes sense. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really care what the five-year plan was. I just was happy that the movie was fucking over. <laughs> yeah, like, so when I first saw this in theaters, like, I've, maybe the stakes were lower for my entertainment in that on that day, but I just remember going like, oh, that was kind of a neat way to turn the story, but oh well, it doesn't affect me. I had to hold the first movie as a sacred uh, like piece of art, as some people might. Right. Well, I was going to say that actually kind of goes into i guess what we'd call wrap-up time like that's a perfect segue yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't mind um we always have two questions that we ask and the first one is was it scary no i felt it was cheap i agree i think anything i felt frightened of was a jump scare and that's just well i mean jump scares work people as cheesy as they are but i hate them in the long run and anything on a more deeper, frightening level, I was already prepared for, given seeing the old movie. Yeah. I don't even... Jump scares don't work on me. I, I think Lucky. I've just been desensitized <laughs> to them. It, they haven't worked on me in, like since I was a teenager, because like, I would just... I'd, you see them... You sense them coming, so all you have to do is just kind of be like... like just relax and be like, here it comes. That's the worst part, the build-up, knowing something's going to scare you. Yeah, I don't know. They just don't do anything <laughs> for me. So, like, what, what works on me is a more of that, like, creeping, disturbing dread, which this movie has no interest in in creating. So, yeah. like... an atmosphere. It has just a basic, no. I guess, modern horror atmosphere that doesn't leave any impression on yeah. you. Yeah. Right. I think if I was seven when I watched this again, like, the first time, it would scare me. But I'm not seven. So I'm gonna say no. So maybe it's effective as a remake so because a... uh, kids who are under you know, 12 years old <laughs> yes. would be scared who, who knows, of those. Actually, <laughs> but so no, three I three for three. Not yeah. scary. Sounds like yeah. yeah, not scary. So moving on to our second question: Does this movie have lasting appeal? What do you guys think? I think Tyler should answer this first because he's already been talking about it in comparison to like the original yeah. and the second. And yeah, I say no. And uh, I feel like all my reasons have to do with they being an original, and I'm really trying to view this as a separate piece. Yeah. But based on how we were talking about, but really, like, the the amount of jump scares, I think, take away its lasting impact. And uh, just, it really just treads familiar territory, like, too much. Like, yeah. all the, the greater parts of the, <laughs> great, I stress the word greater parts of this movie, uh, have been done in a movie already and in a book if anyone cared to read it Mm -hmm. so i honestly can't say what someone seeing this movie without any preconceptions would think but i honestly think just the way it was made leaves no lasting impact especially the ending like whatever your thoughts on the ending of this movie was it's more of like a oh neat ending maybe (laughs) at best (laughs) yeah not like a nothing stays with you really Yeah, you're right. It feels like a mishmash of of things that have been tread so much that there's nothing here. Like you said, I I think the ending is a thing that people talk about because they're like, boy, that ending was different from the first one. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So for me personally, no. But what I'm going to say is I I honestly think that this movie is going to have lasting appeal because what they're doing is like um, they're they're remaking all of these classic Stephen King movies or like, you know, based off of his novels from like the 80s and the 90s, which like we grew up with, or at least I grew up with. And I think that it's going to reach a new generation and therefore have lasting appeal because it's 
reaching out a new generation and getting them interested in like Stephen King and his like whole world that he creates. So in that sense, I think, yeah, it is. For me personally, no, I'm going to stick with the original <laughs> if I'm going to watch any of them, but yeah, that's my thought. I really like that point because, I mean, look how fucking big it is yeah. now. Like, it has its own section at Hot Topic. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I think I disagree. I, I, I definitely understand, like, where you're coming from, but I think that this movie is so weak that even people who are getting into Stephen King are going to look at it and be like, meh, this movie's pretty lame. And I think it you know is is just more fun um even if it's not i mean we have we're we're gonna talk about uh it part two in this season of this uh show but stay tuned yeah (laughs) but i don't know i i I just think it's it's a totally forgettable movie all around no i think it's like when people remake batman and then people fall in love with batman all over again or redis or discover batman or whatever Hmm. Um, I did write down some little factoids here for reference. Um, it did do well. So the budget was $21 million. The U.S. gross was $55 million. Oh, so it was, this movie was a success. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Worldwide gross, $112.4 million. The reviews, on the other hand, not so great. So Rotten Tomatoes critics score, 58% today. That does not seem as bad as, like, we were saying it was yeah <laughs> well i mean we said roughly like before we rewatched it we all kind of said a solid c yeah and that's roughly 58 percent would be like a d plus um that's how so, i'm feeling about it yeah and we watched it twice and critics don't watch movies twice so i think if they had to sit through that movie again they'd be like me they'd be they'd huffing be, and puffing they would give it a significantly Asking lower score for scotch yep and uh the rotten tomatoes audience score is significantly lower at a 33 percent just, just imagine when they watch it again. Yeah. Right. That gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if that's it, then I guess this is it for this episode of Last Year's Horror. But before you go, don't forget to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for news and hey, now Spence. And we have one last favor to ask. If you're hearing this, then you listen to the entire episode, which means there's a chance that you liked what you heard. If that's the case, please help us out by following us on all the platforms that Carrie mentioned, subscribing to the show, and most importantly, telling your friends about us. It would mean a lot. We like friends. We like friends. And while you're at it, tell them about Tyler's upcoming shows. Tyler, tell us again what you've got coming up. Again, by the time this episode airs, I will be halfway through my show run of uh, Thornton Wilder's The Matchmaker at CNY Playhouse, located at Shopping Town Mall. <laughs> uh, you can find tickets for that at cnyplayhouse.org, or uh, if you're friends with me, I will share stuff on Facebook a lot. But uh, the shows for that run from March 13th until March 21st, and immediately following that, I'm jumping into rehearsals for Biloxi Blues, which is a... Uh, play about uh, a platoon in a boot camp. Mm. And uh, those shows, I believe, are run April 10th through 18th. That is also at CNY Playhouse at Shower Town Mall. You can find tickets for that at the same place as Matchmaker. So don't quote me on those dates. Uh, <laughs> we'll post links to it. Yes, so. exactly. We'll help yep. you out. Yep, absolutely. Oh, much appreciated. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.